some of the things that we're seeing and I'm, I'm personally seeing is that, you know, I'm involved with a lot of digital businesses currently. And the truth be told is that payment platforms are going to change. Um, some of the what, stuff... contactless? Contactless will be one. But the reality is that why do, you do, why do people in this day and age have to queue and get on a bus and taxis just to go and get their social grants? Mm. Why? Welcome to an episode of the Tiffany Happy Show hosted by myself. The show explores the impact, whether famously or infamously, some of my guests have had on the world. I believe that opening businesses and, and the healthy capitalism without the corporations which destroy the environment, etc. I think be naive to say that we've completely overcome any polarizing or divisive issues on the racial front. We thank you for taking some time out to listen to the podcast. It's always good to have you, man. Always good to chat to you. No, no, no great, great. Thank you for having me. And as I said, I'm also been watching you with interest how you've grown your your business and uh, it's a true pan African business at the moment, which which is lovely to to see because I get on your website every, daily. It's interesting. <laughs> so we need to be careful what we say. <laughs> Look, we live in interesting times. I think this pandemic has rightfully so caused people to be a little bit worried about the future. And I, I want to chat to you, especially about businesses. There's, I mean, I know one friend who's had to shut down an events business and businesses, specifically smaller and medium ones, are, are feeling like this is, this is the end. But you've been in business for so long and you've done business for so long. And I want to kick it off with perhaps just making people realize that troubles or troubled times do occur. What's your worst memory where you sat down and thought, nah, this is the end. We're not going to get past this. I think I recall in my, in my, in my early uh, business connection days, um, and I think it was just the year 1999, uh, and everybody was talking about Y2K those days. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, uh, my late twin brother and I, uh, Benjamin, we, we, we had not paid ourselves salaries for six months. Um, we still somehow managed to have a year-end staff for our, for, our, for, our, for our staff and say, listen, guys, 2000 is going to be our year. Kind of had an internal hope. And yeah. uh, true as Bob, uh, 2000 a year, when we got back, uh, things turned around a bit. So sometimes it's tough. I mean, I think it's tough going when people are in those sort of situations. Um, and I think a lot of people have taken the view that they were going to be entrepreneurs, looked at different... But it also gives opportunity for some of these business people to reinvent themselves, um, to look at our business models. I think a lot of things are going to change completely. Let's be honest, uh, the way... Um, I mean, some of them, you know, I've been involved with a, with a sport and events, uh, a business that does a lot of uh, sports activation. You know, the, the management team, as soon as um, this happened, I was, I admired them for, for one thing alone. They, they quickly realized that, you know, it's not business as usual. They looked for different revenue streams to keep the lights on, to pay rent, to pay the staff. You know, that business employs 33 people. And the easiest thing is to shut it down um, and take the money. And, and But I think that the, the reality is that everybody's doing their best to protect jobs and to look after staff. We already have sitting with, with, with a high unemployment rate in this country. 29%. Yeah, so I think this will probably jump to 40%. Uh, you know, we've you know, the, unfortunately, this pandemic has decimated the business as we know it. So, I mean, I think it's it's right. It's going to be business has to be reset. Uh, I think normality won't just happen overnight. 
Uh, Will we return to normal? I, I don't think it's the way we do it. I think the way we know it, uh, and I think some of this, some of, you just got to feel sorry, like, for some of these me, small businesses, specifically when it's got to do with tech and telecommunication costs. You know, had we, uh, the price of of data, the price of telecommunication come down significantly, there would have been some bit of cash reserves for some of these businesses. But if you think about it now, you know, you're a small business, you are now forced to say, listen, we now have to create an opportunity for, for staff to work from home, okay? All right, at, at, and then your data costs, okay, are still extraordinary. And can that business allow, can that business absorb that? Uh, you know, so they, they, this, I think it's just a perfect storm. And I think everybody has been talking about SA Connect for quite a long time. Yes. Which is supposed to have been a massive overhaul of, of infrastructure, telco infrastructure. And that has not happened. Okay. And what is taken, it's been a perfect storm because National Treasury, our fiscals, that we don't have enough money in the kitty because of, of, of what's happened. None of the state-owned enterprises um, are profitable enough to, to be able to stand on their own or looking for bailouts. Um, the taxpayer city with, with the burden of, of really trying to, um, uh, I mean, to cover what the, what the deficit is for, for, for. And we still want to roll out uh, some of the ambitious projects like National Health. Um, but you look at SA Connect, and, and I'd rather be comfortable talking about what we know. I mean, I think that just the cost, and, and it actually shows. I mean, even the schools reopen. I mean, township schools and rural schools cannot do online. No, they can't. They can't do online. There's, okay. no, there's not no fiber in the There's in no the fiber. There is no tablets. There's no con the content is so far. So, unfortunately, the, the truth of it is that the, our society is just getting more and more uh, unequal. It's, it's, the inequalities are just getting, are just getting worse. They're not getting smaller. And we're not catching up in terms of gaps um, that we've been talking about. So, you know, the, the businesses will survive. Uh, people will find, will find an opportunity to try and revenge our businesses. Um, but also, I think, you know, we, we worry about the mental health of, of individuals. Uh, because you could imagine, one day your world was, you know, you, you've, got, you've, you've, you've kind of overcome the challenges, the burden of, of running your own small business. You've got a set customer base. And one day, gone. gone. And not like uh, it's gradual. It's not no, because you lost sudden. a customer because it's poor service or poor product. It just so happened. Decimated. Decimated, gone. gone. And what do you do? Um, and I think some of the things that we're seeing and I'm, I'm personally seeing is that, you know, I'm involved with a lot of digital businesses currently. And the truth be told is that payment platforms are going to change. Um, some of the what, stuff... contactless? Contactless will be one. But the reality is that why do, you do, why do people in this day and age have to queue and get on a bus and taxis just to go and get their social grants? Mm. Why? Uh, don't you think these are things we could have fixed long ago? It's not like the skills, the resources were not there in the country. Yeah, but it's almost a question that the current incumbents who are potentially our service providers to some of these services are hell-bent on, on all business models and, and hell-bent on not wanting to, to look at how, how do we make it easy? I mean, you could imagine uh, you've ran out of your social ground, you're a pensioner, um, you have to get on a taxi or you have to walk. Spend money. Stuff. Spend money to get there, right? 
and then you have to walk and sometimes you know right there they don't have a you know they they, they can't disperse for some reason or another because the banking system or the banking system is down yeah. or whatever the reasons are or that they, they, they recently they double paid individuals right and saying to those individuals oh you will refund i mean ridiculous who's going to refund when you're already living on a, on a bread line you are you are already on a poverty line yeah. why would you want to go and um Return the return money. Return no, the money. So, but the truth is that, you know, we can save you some of more. I mean, you know, it's, it's quite key. For example, you know, NEFSIS, you know, here we are, uh, you know, a whole lot of our children are on NEFSIS. You know, some of them don't have a laptop. They don't have an iPad. They don't have a tablet. Okay. It's only now that crises are forcing mm. government to say, oh, actual fact, we should have been one of the interventions. Right. Campuses should be Wi-Fi. Zones. I mean, the way you want to encourage society to change, the way its online education is available. But what is what is the cost? The cost is the cost of data, the cost of telecommunications. Bring that down lower than make the infrastructure available. You'll be able to touch more human beings than we ever have in our entire life. Do you think it's a question of them not seeing or, 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 or the policymakers and whoever's in charge of places like ICASA, and communications, etc. Not seeing the value chain, not seeing that if you do this, the second order effects, the third order effects is that more content will come, people can get education, and it's sort of you're sort of activating a whole supply chain and economy. That needs to be kickstarted sooner than later. I mean, at the moment where we are, the reality is that because of something like SA Connect having not taken off and tenders being issued and tenders being cancelled, uh, you saw us sitting with a whole lot of money that was supposed to overhaul rural and township IT, teleco- IT and telecommunication structure. That has not happened. Okay? Mm. So where there has been opportunities and resources, we simply have not been able to, to, to deliver. And the reality is that should private sector not deliver on behalf of public sector, on, on public sector organizations? Because we have actually, we've allowed people who are driving organizations like CETA, like USASA, you know, who are now under administration. Okay, they are currently no, under, that's true. They are under administration. What does that tell you? Mismanagement. Mismanagement. Have you been able to deliver what the mandates were? Mm. So, so you're sitting with, you're sitting with, you had an opportunity, right? And and it's commendable what Gauteng has done in terms of trying to get digital for most of the schools. Mm. Right? But you know what is happening? The population, everybody wants to move to Gauteng because, because of resources, of a better education, better resources. But what it is that you got to target people to stay. You got to give opportunity to a rural kid out in the Northwest or Eastern Cape or KZN. Same opportunity as a kid who lives in Mamilodi, Harangua, uh, Soshanguve, or Soweto because they got access to tablets. I mean, look at it now. You know, we, 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 we're, a, we're, a, we're a nation that's scary. How many schools have been burned? During this lockdown? Yeah, it's so crazy. it's not also the... I mean, uh, communities have to take accountability. These are not state assets. They are the old South African assets. You know, the love for your country, the love for your fellow human being makes a difference. So what are, what's going to happen? Even the schools reopen, okay? Now what, where's the money going to come from? Because there's new measures that need to be put in place. There's new measures that need to be put in place. Sanitizers. those things. Yeah, overcrowding. We've known of overcrowding in our schools for the last 25 years. We know for a fact that to be effective, classrooms should have 
maximum 25 to th- between 25 and 30 kids. Not happening, yeah. Yeah, anything over that. So you, you, we know all these things. Uh, we know the models, okay? And the reality is that we can look outside. You never hear, and I, uh, in my experience, you know, having built a pan-African business and having worked in places mm. like Kenya, Tanzania, Mozambique, Botswana, Ghana, Ethiopia, unheard of in those parts of the world, of the continent, that people have burned schools and libraries. And you can't, and you, we can no longer simply fall behind that it was the apartheid mentality. No. 25 years in a democracy. But don't you, at some level, empathize or sympathize because I, 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 I understand and I fully agree it's wrong to, to burn schools, but people are almost saying that, as you say, we're 25 years, 26 years into a democracy, we've had this government in place or the same party in place for this period, but we feel like they're not giving us what we need. Yeah, but I think what happens is... And the is only that, attention we can get from them is if we burn school, which is wrong, but which is you, a terrible uh, culture. But, but you've got to find different ways of how to protest. You've got to find different ways. You, you know, I would rather have people do crowdfunding and taking government to court and winning cases, all right? Because there is the law, there's a, there's a democracy. Rule of law has to apply. What is the purpose? You, you're sitting with a tambour. A shrinking taxpayer base, which will continue, is going to continue to... Who's going to be funding this? Yeah. You can't be running to the IMF and World Banks. No. All right? That comes with its own burdens. And allowing... So you must remember, for every job we lose, it's a tax base. For every company that we close, it's a tax base. You can't keep on taxing more and more. The, the, the database of people who are on the SARS database is decreasing at an alarming rate. And you can't also be at a point where because you want to be, you want to be re-elected because local elections and national elections are coming, you're going to do one or two things which are supposedly going to be part of your publicity stunt to, to see to yes. be done, to be done, the right thing. COVID-19, as a, what is done, it's actually exposed a lot of the stuff. And those, the stuff that we've, we've, been, we've known, uh, the social injustices, um, uh, service delivery issues that have been there for quite a while have now been exposed more than ever before. No, no, it's, it's put a spotlight on it. But I like you raised something very, very important. I was speaking to a friend, I think it was last year, about the fact of community or civic organizations. And what we concluded was that we don't need politics that much in South Africa, but more civic movements. As you speak, like organizing around taking public officials to court for failure of service delivery. And it's not a foreign concept in South Africa. We're seeing some community groups in the country doing that, but for their own community or for their own groupings. Yeah, but I think if you you do do care a lot uh, about the communities that you come from and all of us, I mean, I look at Harangua, for example, where there's supposed to be Twani University of Technology. Mm which is a campus of, of, of TUT, but, you know, the city has allowed people to build student accommodation in their yards. Wait. So you private can, people? Just private people are building massively. Uh, they're building more and more, lo- more, more, more dwellings at the back of the houses. To accommodate students? To, to accommodate students. 
But now the, the city institution or the city is not seeing that there is a need. The, the need is there. The need has been there. Why should? Okay. How then? How does that address an issue about creating a learning environment? Because what typically happens is that you are closer to a shebeen. Mm-hmm. You are closer to anything that's where the reality is that campuses should have been brought and built that the criminal element cannot have access to, to the student population. Yeah, it's a protected environment. It's a protected environment. Yeah. Okay. So when you start seeing that, which is happening in your own city, you've seen things like that. Okay. Where you are now currently seeing uh, never than before, we, we have a backlog of housing, which doesn't seem, to, we seem not to get over it. 26 years. 26 years. Land grabs are becoming part and parcel because everybody's saying that government is moving too slow. The level of lawlessness that will continue in this country, it will be at another level. Because if you've got to have functional government departments, and not, and not all. I mean, we, we had a tax, we had a, a, a revenue service that was world class. That now that the commission is in the, in, the, in the business of rebuilding it. We had a world class um, scorpions or hawks investigation units, which were dismantled. We had all these. Uh, the, the truth we told is that we have become our own worst enemy. And to rebuild some of these state owned enterprises. Nobody would have thought that Lam Bank would ask for a bailout. Yeah, Nobody crazy. would have thought that he, uh, uh, AXA would be asking for a bailout. Post Office, SABC, ESCOM, ESCOM SAA. Those businesses, by their nature, on their own balance sheet, they should be in a position that they're able to stand up on their own without government guarantees and bailouts. Is it a business model failure, management failure, leadership failure, policy and, failure? And the, we, we, can no longer, uh, we can no longer ignore privatization. You, you, That's we, contentious. Uh, and you know what? Because in a country like ours, yeah. privatization, a lot of people say, but there's a couple of cronies or some people mm. who, who are going to make money. Yes, that's right? one of the arguments. The argument is that who are going to be the anointed few who are going to be involved in those assets? We've seen it in Russia. I mean, Russia, that's how the oligarchs came, when they privatized a lot of the state-owned yeah. enterprises. So I think there's that fear. But then if, if, if you have that fear, yeah. get competent management teams that's true. That's a to drive argument. those businesses. That's a very fair argument. So you cannot sit on the basis that you don't want to privatize. But please, go and get competent South Africans. To run them. To run those organizations. This is not a hit and miss. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. It's like if I were to be asked that we want you to go and run Apple, I should be the bigger person to say, I do not have the, the, capacity, co- the competence and the capabilities to run Apple. Yeah. I'm a small fish. Compared to them. In a big pond. Yeah. But people have taken jobs that are way above their competency and what their capability. Because what it is, it's a cadre deployment. Mm. Cadre deployment at what? And, at, and why do you think young people, we're giving our young South Africans little hope? Yeah. You know, it's that conversation. Zalo will remember we recorded a podcast with one young economist, very young. He works for, a, for an investment firm. And then another property trader. They're both young, young guys, 20-something year old. And they're like, we would jump at the opportunity to go work at SARS, to go work at Treasury, to go work at all these uh, 
government because we want to add value. But because it's so politicized, because it's so about cater deployment, about which yes. part, we we fear that we might be stifled. Our our opinions won't matter. Our professionalism won't matter because it will be, the final decision will be based on politics. Well, the day you realize that bureaucrats and our politicians cannot wear the same hat. Bureaucrats who work for government should be loyal to the South African people and the South African constitution, not to your party. Well, we had a president once who said that and he was not really liked. <laughs> well, the truth be told, the truth be told is that a lot of we, we, are, we are educating our population at the rate second to none. Mm. But if they do not feel that within the public sector there's equal opportunities, they will rather not be party to that. Yeah. And, you know, young Africans mm. who, are, who, are, who, are, who, have, who have done exceedingly well in terms of qualification, having graduated, what have they done? They're rather going to seek their fortunes somewhere else. Yeah, private sector. Even leave the country. Leave the country. Black Africans, they live yeah, in the, the country. Black Africans are leaving the country. Because they have no faith in them. And the reality is that this is it. How do you overhaul some of these? The truth be told that, you know, maybe in 94, young South Africans should have left in, in Exodus to go and get. Opportunities. To go and get experience and get education. But we are at that level. Again, going back to that conversation with those two young guys in the financial sector, we are at a, in a unique position, if you, can, if you can look at it that way in South Africa now that for the first time in our democracy, if I can put it that way, and, and with a pinch of salt, mm. we have a mass of young African professionals that, are, that have good experience, that are almost mostly at the peak of their careers or have amassed enough experience in their individual industries to be able to contribute to government in terms of policy, management, etc. But they're not being either listened to or being utilized. It's not like the skills are not there. No, I think the skills are there, but they will. And, and if, you, if, you have, if you still have boards that are being, are being manipulated mm. and um, are, are being, people are being appointed on those boards because of cadre deployment or because of party loyalties, uh, and that will also be done because um, we, we simply do not have a home for some of these people. So we create a big public sector, all right? But is that a public sector that's effective or we just now redeploying people who have shown they cannot deliver? And why we should have, I mean, if Investec and Rand Merchant Bank and some of these uh, institutions are seen to be places of excellence, and our young people want to join them because they realize if they join those organizations, um, they'll learn so much more in comparison that if I go to a land bank or if I go to uh, Itala Bank or Ooh, U Bank, um, all of these. The reality is that young people are looking for places where they'll be allowed to thrive, to showcase their skills, contribute because they went mm. and got themselves degrees and overcome hurdles. Some of these people have unbelievable stories, you know, come from the rural of our, of our country, come from townships, and they come from, from families that uh, there's not longer a mother and a father. 
Mm. You know, kids have been raising kids in our country for such a long time. They've beat the odds. And the last thing they need to now realize is that they can't get a fair opportunity. If jobs are still um, a fact that you need to know somebody, and knowing that somebody, uh, it means that you are loyal to certain people, the cracks will be there. Because we're not looking for, we're not looking, if, if there's 60 opportunities, we're not looking for the top 60 people to join an organization. But there are 60 people that we can manipulate and pay off to get that opportunity. Mm. And that compromises everything. In the How would you feel as a young person that you know you're top of class, but you can't get a job? But you know somebody who's politically affiliated, knows somebody else, and they somehow walked in and got a job. Mm. Now, let's bring it back to you. I mean, how we've had these problems and they've been building up all these years for 26 years. How have you managed to navigate around them? Look, I think that one of the realities is that um, one rather walks away than, than be in a position where you are compromised uh, and you're in a position where uh, you know the outcome. I mean, we know the cost of mismanagement, mismanaging the economy, mismanaging companies, state-owned enterprises or government institutions is what is government paying for inflated prices for services? I mean, price is a real issue. Why? Because if a stethoscope is supposed to cost X, right, surely if nine health departments knows what the standard for pricing are, but we still have people going, well, procuring a stethoscope in Mpumalanga or in Northwest or wherever at 600 times the price. There's a problem. There's a problem. Because we're not saving the country. Procurement in municipalities, in metros, in, in municipalities has become an issue, a contentious issue. Because people see that as a way to eat. It's a way to, uh, uh, to loot. It's a way to enrich themselves. Mm. But that, and, and unfortunately, people who make a living like that don't necessarily go and invest in industries. No, no, no. They, they, don't, they, haven't, they, have, they don't have skin in the game. They've never done anything. So what they will do, they'll rather go and invest in consumerism. Big houses. What you mean? Oh, I see what you mean. Big houses, uh, cars. Flash cash. Flash cash. Show it off, yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to go and invest in... But real entrepreneurs knows how to create wealth. Mm. You take some of your capital, you reinvest it. Yeah. You create opportunities. You, uh, you, you, know, you know, for me, the pride of always knowing being part of uh, the BCX story with the people I was involved in, including my brother, was the fact that we knew our dream was to always create more opportunities so that people can realize this is an institution they join. We're continuously looking to spend more and more time and more of our lives trying to create opportunities. And that's what real entrepreneurship is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. All real entrepreneurs worldwide, the main goal is not only just about profits, no, the main goal is to try to create more opportunities. You can just see the Elon Musk story. Yeah. It's very easy. From somebody who had a PayPal uh, payment business uh, to get involved in solar, to get involved... And that, that PayPal management, if you look at all of them, they've gone on to create even bigger companies. It is, exactly. But that's, that's, but that's, that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see. We want to see young entrepreneurs come out. Okay. And big business, you know, cannot longer. I mean, you know, it's extremely well to say, let's support SMMEs. I have no problem supporting an SMME 
because I've been in SMME myself. But I had an SMME that I was an SMME that had people, infrastructure, not a middleman. We've created a, we've created a, a society of people who are, in, I call them interceptors. <laughs> yeah. A middleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. A box droppers uh, type. We've, we, those, are, those are the people who, who, because of their relationships, have went and created a superficial structure that is not sustainable. And we call those people SMME. And they get roped in. Basically, they don't add value to the solutions they're providing. No. Apart from knowing someone. Yes. And they have no intention of learning what a profit and loss is, cash flow statements are, bank statements, income statement, managing creditors, managing debtors. They have no idea of, they have no idea of how the struggles of making payroll. And yeah, exactly. They don't know what it's like not to be able to pay on the 25th. Mm. Therefore, with that, that and even post uh, NASRAC, that's still continuing. I mean, in some of these institutions, if people cannot agree who's going to be awarded the work or they think that the supposedly wrong individual or wrong company is getting the work, they'd rather not even issue the tender. They'd rather... No, well, it's the same. It's a situation with USASA, I guess. It's a question who's going to... Okay, how are we going to deploy this money? While citizens suffer. Because the right, the right jockey or the right company, supposedly the right company with the right connection, is not supposed to get that job. Because we've now, we actually have set this, this one for somebody. And if they don't get it, we'll push back. There's also an argument that, okay, you, you, that's a very fair, and I agree with it, the argument of, of, of the middleman and everything. But there's also the other side where people say corruption is almost everywhere in every country. That's the usual argument. That corruption is everywhere. You can't get rid of it, etc. But I say... But you, you, once, you, once it, we institutionalize it, we yeah. accept it as a society. It becomes part of culture. Listen, if, if, there's ten, if there are 10 people, right, and two are afraid of doing something wrong, only two, we have a problem. Because if eight people or nine out of 10 thinking that it's okay to bribe, it's gone. Then it talks to the moral fiber of any society. Mm. Because if, if we say it's okay, it's okay to shoot somebody. It's okay to, it's okay to steal. It's, it's okay to murder. We are now losing the moral fiber of any society. And you cannot justify it on the basis that, oh, other countries have been doing it. Mm. All right? What are you doing? Knowing the history of this country. Knowing that our people have suffered for so long to get basic services, water, electricity, sanitation, a school infrastructure. We know that. I mean, let's not forget where we come from. No, true. Let's true. not forget where we come from, where opportunities were limited. They were determined by the skin of your color. Yeah. We had parents who, who were professionals, who, who never got to the peak of their careers. They never could explore. They could never earn, no matter how many degrees they went and studied, yeah. then they could never earn X amount. They could never get an equal pay. You had people who left the country because there's opportunities outside. You had people who went to prison, to Roman Island, who were incarcerated for years to make this country better. People sacrificed. 
And what happened to pride? You look at all our township schools. These were some of the schools were, were schools of excellence. They thrived even under different circumstances. Mm. People put education above. You don't have to go anywhere else. Go, go outside the borders of South Africa. And you look at young Kenyans, young Nigerians, young Ghanaians, young Ethiopians, thriving and putting education at the center of their life. So, uh, you know, we, we're at a point where uh, this COVID-19 has done something significant. It's given us time to reflect in every sector of our society, industries, government policies. You know, I'm hoping and praying that our leaders will come out of this better and stronger and realizing they're the center of serving the South African citizen and ensuring that we create as many opportunities. That our ambassadors, uh, our envoys, when the world opens up, is to try and look for opportunities for South African companies, for South African industries, for its citizens. So, so I mean, it's, it's time for all of us to reflect mm. how, how we, our businesses are running. Would you say then, I mean, this is the time where we try and look internally for, for supporting SMMEs and supporting local SMMEs? Because as we said earlier in, in, in this chat, is that across industries, it's decimated. Mm. We, we all affected, whatever mm. level you're at. Is this now an opportunity to say we prioritize local businesses? Yeah, local businesses, local content. Um, I mean, also local technologies. Uh, what do you mean by that? These, these innovative technologies that are, that are South Africans are at the forefront of. And what is said is that when you start to realize that young South Africans think I'm better off going to the US, going to Europe, because I can, somebody will understand what I'm trying to achieve. You, you, I think we have the people in this country who are innovative. Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes we, we're not supportive of those. Mm. Um, and I think it will define our relationships with, with, with countries like the US, China. Um, but we're going to have to back our own people in our own backyards and allow them to thrive in, mm. in some of innovations and inventions and technology uh, that they, they, they're putting forward. If you're not, and if, we, if we're not supporting that, we run the risk that a lot of talented people will find that other countries will welcome with open arms. And once you lose that, you're losing yourself as a country. Mm. You know, we've got we to we encourage people to come back. But how do people come back when you still have to deal with unemployment? You still have to deal with crime levels. I mean, COVID-19 is masking some of these things that when it's over, we're still going to have to deal with the same well, issues. Well, we're seeing it with the schools getting burnt, as you said. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think for, for me personally, I... Um, I'm excited about this country. I, I still believe there's, there is merits in, in being South African and driving the South African agenda and be patriotic.
Uh, I think patriotism is one word that we need to start thinking about. Not not party partisanship, N patriotism. Patriotism. Being patriotic, loving this country, loving its people, ensuring that what we're doing. You know, we uh, we few. I mean, therefore, you we, we some of the few who've been privileged mm. uh, because we we had stable infrastructure. You know, you had parents who who put education at first; they were there for us. But not the young South Africans have got most of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our family, our, our family structure. There's more single parents today. The family unit, as we know it. It's completely. Yeah, it's also decimated. Yeah. And in all of that, we're trying to build, rebuild this country, rebuild the generation. We've got a young generation. But if that generation grows up without hope, they're going to think the only way to deal with inequalities and a lot of the challenges is to do what? Crime, fight, to, get attention. Is to, is, to, is to get involved in crime. Now, I want to bring back, I, I always tease that you, you've retired, but you actually haven't. Yeah. You, you used to run a, a very successful IT company for several years. And for the benefit of our listeners, it goes back before you even ran the company. I always say, and I always repeat the story, but yeah. I'll, I'll say it again. I remember the first time, it was actually my dad who told me he used to work in Pretoria Centrum Building or something, it's called that. And he'd say he, he knew there was a software. I was studying computer science at CBC. And he's like, no, you're looking. He, he didn't understand anything I was looking for. So he's like, no, but there's that store. You must go there. You must go there. There's these two chubby black boys. They'll tell you what you need. They'll We're understand. not chubby in those days. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they're there. They'll understand what you need. And that's when I saw you guys. But it's been an interesting journey. What I'm interested in finding out is that what has been the transition now? I mean, now you're mostly focused on investing, right? Yeah, investing, and and I'm yeah I'm involved with um, I'm also a trustee at, at my old school. Okay, CBC Kimberley. Uh, CBC Kimberley. Okay, um, which um, has gone through a great transformation journey, uh, rebuilding it to its former glory. Um, I sit on a on a board of a mining company as an exec. I'm involved with uh, Crossfin. Yeah. which is a fintech, uh, one of the leading fintech businesses in the, in the country. I'm involved with um, a payroll deduction business, Q-Link. Um, and, yeah, I'm involved with, 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 with specifically around technology yeah. and, and fintech and digital. I'm still passionate than ever before, yeah. uh, particularly around that. So there's absolutely no doubt that... Uh, um, you know, I'm not lost to the industry. Uh, I mean, the passion for for for, re for building new stuff is still there. Uh, continuously looking at new technologies. Um, I traveled a bit, you know, after I left BCX, uh, you know, San Francisco, specifically Silicon mm. Valley. And I, I'm still of the opinion that the right big opportunity will come. Uh, for uh, in the country? For the in the country. So I'm... I'm optimistic. I think um, there will be, it's, it's time to support young generation businesses. Um, and if I'm in that position to do that, uh, I welcome that because I think uh, there's a lot of mentorship that one uh, can pass on. Um, 
I mean, it's it's it's, and also I think it's it's also a question that the difficult part having been entrepreneur, um, and just the way things are is capital raising. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, capital raising becomes a big challenge. Uh, how does one raise enough capital to get involved in these opportunities? And you can't get involved. In, I mean, the opportunities one can get involved. You know, the the black broad-based black empowerment policies are one part that ticks. You may do a deal on that basis, but the deal on the basis that how much impact are you contributing to that particular asset? Uh, are you hands-on? So as much as I'm, 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 I'm doing all these in, in, in non-executive, I'm extremely hands-on with all the assets, uh, the tech and the assets that I've in, I mean, I mean, I'm invested in. So that's also been part of the journey. But a couple of things which has been quite uh, humbling is the fact that I'm involved with people that I've kind of worked with before <laughs> or they've worked with, with us. So yeah. it's an ecosystem of, of trust, uh, people that we, we've known. Either they, you know, we've, we've, some of them actually we've, we may have even competed uh, in different businesses yeah. at, when I was still at BCX. And I think so there's the, mutual respect. There's mutual respect. Um, you know, they see value. I see value in them. They see value in me. So... It's been quite an interesting journey. Um, you know, I've, yeah, I think it's been, that's actually been quite a humbling thing to see that people you competed with still see you as a proper competitor, you know, and. Which is good. It but means also, more importantly, they, they know that uh, uh, the value that one brings and, and vice versa, the value they bring. I think all of us um, want to have a thriving telecommunications and technology sector um, that is homegrown. Uh, technologies uh, that we're not only just a consumer of other countries' technologies, building our own. Uh, but we also starting to build our own technologies. And and there has been uh, uh, unbelievable businesses that are, have come out. And I think uh, post COVID nineteen, there's going to be amazing businesses that people are are going to start launching, which which is quite exciting. That's a good thing. I wanted to talk to you about what trends are you seeing now in this position? Because before you were sitting in operating a business, now you have got, if I could put it that way, a broader view of, of opportunities coming up. What trends are you seeing from a tech perspective? I think, look, um, the, the data center will still continue. Yeah. It's yeah, not the end yeah. of the data center. It will never be there. So I think I always tell people data centers are like hospitals. You can never build enough. And what you'll do over time, you'll build specialized data centers. Cloud is here with us. Yeah. Uh, and you know the specialized what you mean specifically what would happen is that you'll have different levels of security of tiers so um you know because of the cyber security threats uh, you know data centers will become more and more robust and depending on what the customer atlant is looking for in terms of level of securities they'll become more and more specialized uh, you know, this is like, you know, you start to building a fort of, you know, you build Alcatraz of, of data center yeah, yeah. over time. That's what people will start doing. So data centers will be here. Uh, the FinTech play will continuously uh, grow at a specific, I think the digital space. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I loathe to use the word digital because it's been misused and misunderstood. Like for IR. Yeah, and for <laughs> IR and... Uh, <laughs> The truth be told, I mean, let's be honest. All what we're talking about is that we're putting more 
devices on the internet. Yeah, we're giving them IP addresses. We call it the Internet of Things. That's, that's what it, we're doing. That's it. Okay. Faster speed. In fastest, faster speed. There'll be acceleration. Fiber yeah. is, is, is going nowhere. Deployment of 5G is going to uh, overhaul uh, you know, the, the backbone infrastructure. Um, but I think that the truth is that we are now going to have to be more accepting of how we communicate. We are now going to be comfortable in, 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 in things like Microsoft Teams yeah. and Zoom. Uh, I love it because uh, uh, well, so we've, we've been we'll, preaching this and now people are comfortable Yeah, with so it. people, we're going to be more comfortable with that. We'll travel, we're going to spend less time in our cars and probably even start to wonder why do you have to why do you have to have two cars maybe okay i just need to uber yeah. to, or, or, but i think a lot of these is, are, are, are a lot of things are going to are going to completely change in how the world um is going to be so you know i think you know the the uh, all it is is that all all technologies all businesses are redefining themselves that's it and in terms of startups, like you talk with startups regularly. What advice would you give them? I mean, apart from the tech side, but from uh, early on when you're running your business, what are the key things you need to make sure that could come to hurt you in the long term? Especially when you're talking about capital raising. What, I think what do you need to be ready for? More importantly, when you are a startup, the ability to differentiate between a business and your personal life. Run, run, run your set of books, okay? Have an auditor in place, have a mentor in place, get the right legal advice, and have a differential of what you're offering. Mm. A lot of people want to offer the same thing. What makes you unique? What is it that you're doing differently? Why would customers come to you? But be, always be looking for mentorship, mentors and mentorship of people who are in a position to advise you. And do not be afraid. Yeah. And also, failure is, should be seen as a platform for success, for, on, for later on success. I think we've stigmatized business failure, which well, is I'm, wrong. Well, I mean, you must remember, in the U.S., uh, you go to the, the private equity guys who are backers of fintech businesses and technology businesses, they do realize some businesses will fail. Mm. Some will succeed. Okay. But the acknowledgement is that we don't have that kind of appetite, okay? I mean, you think about it, Innovation Hub, how much of a success has it been? You know, that will be a measure of mm. how, uh, companies that have come out of hubs, innovation hubs like those. So I think the reality is that don't, don't be, I mean, as a young entrepreneur, um, you got you to gotta stick to it. I mean, you gotta, I mean, one of the most important things that I always said has been for us to do acquisitions and, and eventually sell BCX was the fact that... Uh, you know, we kind of had uh, audited financial statements, uh, compliance, all of those things in place. Uh, well managed, in other words. Well, yeah, manage that. Manage those things well. Uh, and if you manage those, and ability to take capital and reinvest it back into your business for growth is the most important part. Sometimes you might sacrifice the dividends for a year or two. Because what you're doing... It's, it's always tempting. It's always tempting. To dip in and say, yeah. we need money. <laughs> this year, we need to take a little bit of dividends. Yeah. But I think the reality is that if, if, you, if you've got a plan, you know, yeah, and, true, you, true, and true. You, look, you think about it. I mean, one of the things you, you always I used to admire about Bill Gates when he started Microsoft, he used to say, listen, I like him. Yeah. I would love to have, I must be in a position that I've got enough cash in my business that I can pay a year's salary. Mm, for all stuff. For all stuff. That, was, it, that was his mentor. Yeah, that was his mentor. Yeah. 
So, they, you know, if we are going to experiment, have we got enough reserves to cover us for a year's salary for each of the staff members in 2021? Hmm. I don't think many businesses can say that. And, you know, if, you, if that mantra is unbelievable, because if you've got the reserves... And people will talk to you, yeah, but you know, you got a lazy balance sheet. You say, yeah. <laughs> lazy balance sheet. People who got lazy balance sheet in COVID-19 are the ones who are going to survive. Yeah. Because they know that competitors have been living hand to mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day, trying to... They had an advantage. An advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that's, I think that's my story at the moment. Oh, it's good, man. And as I said at the beginning... Oh, you get to spend time with your, with your kids. Which I think, I mean, I oh, think... That's even, always important. I think, I mean, in my previous life, uh, I was traveling. Too hectic. Yeah, I've traveled enough. I don't, I don't uh, have a desire to go back to that life. So, uh, you, so you are a retired old man? Not retired. <laughs> or an uh, old man. No. <laughs> They're from 47. I'm not an old man. No, I'm not old. I'm, no, I'm, 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 look, I'm, I'm young enough. That and the reality that, I know, the reality is that, you know, if you have the, what do you do? Yeah. You know, there's so much opportunities and when, when, when one has been blessed with talents they have, you've got to try, use as much of your talents to, uh, to contribute to society. And I think as we wrap up, it's, it's also about taking pride and, and having that passion. It shows that you've had that passion for the industry or for what you do or taking pride. Mm. It's not something you can just you reach a certain age or you reach a certain yeah. you just switch off. It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, like but that. also there's also, you, people don't, they're, they're, they never, when they see you, they, they see you, they don't understand how much you've sacrificed. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. That's true. People don't see what, they that's don't true. see the sacrifices people make. That's true. Um, oh, the pain. Uh, the pain and the sacrifice. You know, along this journey, you know, yeah, you know, I've lost my brother. Mm. Uh, and that's one pain that you can never replace. Can't be replaced. So, Along the journey, you um, you miss your family life. You, know? you have kids a bit later, but you are chasing a dream. So you've done all that. You know, build a business in Nigeria, build a business in Kenya, build a business in Tanzania, done all of that. And you thank God as, that you've had an opportunity to do, to live your dream, which a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Mm. But it comes with a lot of its own sacrifices. But also what it's done, it's also created a, an amazing ecosystem and network of people who have goodwill and the nature to want to assist. So uh, my network has been good. Um, you know, and, I, and hopefully I was good enough to them that we still keep, you know, we still have uh, people in the US, yeah. uh, people in the UK supporting us. Uh, supporting me specifically, which has been uh, humbling to say. Well, the as they say, people trade with people. Remember to tell your friends, family, and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrikan.com forward slash radio. And subscribe to get notified on new episodes and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.